Welcome to Talking Art Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've jumped in the middle of our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. Today's episode, Awkward Conversation. Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> it is a little awkward. <laughs> now, uh, let's set the <laughs> stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a very long time. And uh, Greg just got back from vacation and he's already talking about his next vacation which sounds equally like a really good thing. You know, this is exciting. Uh, the, the, on the weekend, I began planning a long overdue, two years overdue trip with my wife to the East Coast. And there was something joyful about uh, booking hotels ahead of time, uh, identifying where you're going to go. It's actually the possibilities of travel. And it's still just driving. It's not flying, but it's driving. And... Uh, I'll tell you, the energy in the household went way up. We were like excited little kids. Like, you know, when you used to go on summer vacation and that's what it felt like. So uh, I think this is the, you know, fingers crossed, toes crossed that uh, we will, uh, you know, keep, uh, keep, keep uh, going in the right direction. Although I'll tell you, half of my family is down with COVID. Uh, it is it rampant in, uh, in Ontario here for sure. Good news is people aren't as ill. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's still, still, um, still a concern. Well, I'm from the East coast and if anybody hasn't been to the East coast of Canada, it's a great place to visit. The people are so nice. The scenery is out of this world and, uh, I'm from there, but I haven't been back there since I was 14. So at some point, either this summer or the following summer, I'd love to go back down there. There's cousins I've never met and we kind of discovered each other over COVID, uh, on Facebook. And uh, I think that's a trip that I need to take at some point as well because it's a, it's a great place to go. The people are awesome. And actually Nova Scotia has really been pushing hard for people that can work from home. And I think they've got the whole province wired for, for internet really well. And they have been aggressive on uh, LinkedIn and, and uh, services like that to say, hey, listen, you know, the cost of living is less than it is in a place like the GTA where we live. And uh, they've been pushing hard to get people to re relocate there. I know at least three people who have relocated. And uh, they have beautiful seaside homes. They sold. They were in the Toronto region. They sold. Uh, usually, uh, I, the two of them are from there. So it's kind of moving back home. But you're right. It's beautiful. I've got a couple of coaching clients there who it's going to be exciting because I coached them on Zoom. And they said, hey, if you're ever down here, Let's get together for dinner or a drink or something like that. So I haven't sent them a note yet, but I'm actually even excited about, you know, seeing people in person that I've coached over uh, the last few years. And uh, so that's pretty cool. You know, I'm a little conflicted here. Usually we keep talking about um, uh, working here in Staples and now we're talking about Nova Scotia. I'm not sure... Yeah. Who our benefactors are here? I don't know, but you know, it, it, yeah, exactly. This this podcast was sponsored by Nova Scotia Travel <laughs> or Nova Scotia Tourism. Uh, yeah, no, we're actually going to PEI. We're going to go to Cape Breton. We're going to go to uh, uh, New Brunswick, and there are so many beautiful things. And you said, man, people are just amazing there, and uh, it's a great trip. So if you have not been to the East Coast, Canada. Just uh, definitely put it on your must-go places. And just to give you a little geography lesson, New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia. 
and Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can get across the rock, take a ferry, some beautiful things over there, fjords and amazing, amazing things. So um, maybe we should get to work here. <laughs> yeah. Where the, the podcast has shifted to a travel show. <laughs> and food. We didn't yeah, even get food. on the food oh, down yeah, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, so. exactly. So uh, Greg and I have both spent uh, big chunks of our careers as managers. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee and move on from there. And we're going to discuss how we've observed others successfully manage the situation and we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. So, awkward conversation. You're having a conversation with your boss and you experience some or all of the following. Your boss is very uncomfortable. They are circling around not getting to a point. They are very embarrassed. You're trying to ask your boss a question. They don't want to be there. They are uncomfortable with what you're asking You never get an answer or even a conversation around the subject matter. Now you're wondering about what is going on. So Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? Well, you know, this is a really interesting one because we're not all the same. And some of us are just more comfortable with others and more fluid in our approach. And we can kind of, you know, go with the flow. And some of us find interactions really challenging. And all along that spectrum are people that are bosses. And, and so this can be challenging, but, uh, you know, I, I do think it's still about connection and, and it is about being real. Uh, and it is about, you know, putting the things around you that can create some kind of connection because people can't read you. And, you know, if there's something else going on below this that is that is creating the awkwardness, sometimes that also happens too, right? You you know something, a big announcement is coming and you can't uh, share anything. How many times have we been caught in that as a leader? And that's just awkward. Um, so uh, part of it is, is how do you create the space? But, uh, you know, it creates doubt. Like you said, that last statement, you wonder what's going on and... Uh, it, especially if the boss is not normally awkward, uh, if they're normally uh, quite connecting and then they're, they are in an awkward situation, then maybe you do have something to worry about. Uh, although, uh, you know, it gives you an opportunity to think about, you know, other stuff outside can create spin. And boy, oh boy, if we've learned anything through COVID, there's there's all kinds of pressures, all kinds of energy, all kinds of stress that can shift your mindset and your headspace and your emotions every day. So an awkward conversation might just be a bad day. It might just be bad news. But if it is that you're not committed to creating a relationship, that's something you got to work on. Yeah, I, I like your point. We're all very different people. And depending on the dynamics of the situation, what's going on, and also uh, what we bring to the table, uh, I like to be direct. I don't like to mess around. I want, you know, I think there should be clarity in what we're discussing. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, if somebody, you know, I'm trying to get an answer of somebody or trying to understand something and they're really not in that place and they might not have their thoughts and feelings all together about it, me coming and being very direct doesn't always help the situation. So every situation is different and, uh, uh, 
I'm going to kind of foreshadow where I'm going to end up on this because I gave a lot of thought to it today, is um, it's all about trust, connection, and relationship. And hopefully that smooths out the valleys and the hills in in your ongoing re, uh, relationship with somebody as you have a series of conversations with them. But I think, you know, it's it's complex and there's a lot of factors to it. But I think when it comes down to it, it's probably pretty simple on how to deal with it. It's just uh, being very thoughtful and deliberate and open and sometimes even quiet. Yeah, you know what? I love that because I do think you're right. Um, there are certain circumstances that you cannot it's hard to dial down the awkwardness. I mean, as we say, if there's big pressures that are happening, some big news that's coming, it's really hard to do that. But even in those situations, you said something there. It's about being prepared. It's about being thoughtful in the space. And we've talked a lot on the last set of the lot, a number of the episodes around creating space before you enter into something. Um, but if you have a good heart, you care for people, you're planful about as I'm entering this conversation, how do I want to show up? Um, you will reduce the awkwardness because even in tough situations, people sense um, a desire to connect. Uh, people sense when you're more present and when you're more present, the awkwardness is going to be um, less. Uh, but you're right. I love, also love your comment about you being more direct. And if you're not uh, uh, thoughtful on who you're meeting with, that directness could cause big awkwardness. Um, and, and, you know, or if, you know, you started this one, one of the earlier points was they're getting, not circling around, not getting to the point. I think there might be a personal story in here because that's the opposite of what you are. And that creates awkwardness and frustration when you don't get what you need. So again... I know we're probably jumping right into a lot of the answers and the ideas, but uh, know who you're meeting with, know what they need, and decide how you're going to best show up will minimize awkwardness. I've had some awkward conversations, Greg. <laughs> I sense that. <laughs> well, let's uh, jump into some of the common sense things. I think we probably have touched on some of them, but uh, I think let's go through the list and kind of draw out some more uh, ideas around them. Be sure of what you want to talk about and that you need to do so. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that being prepared, right? Um, and what you don't want to talk about. And, you know, we have that thing called, uh, I think we've mentioned this on a previous podcast, uh, CPR, which is context, purpose, and results. Like, take those five, ten minutes and be thoughtful around what are you hoping to create in the time you're with these people? What's the key messages you want to share? Uh, what do you want them to leave with? What do you think they're where that? So, yeah, I, I agree 100%. Be clear. Do that upfront thinking. And check your feelings on the situation. Really important to understand how you feel about the topic you're going to be speaking about or the person you're speaking to. Yeah, and I would widen the circle even further and just say, check what your feelings are, period. Because sometimes the the ripple effect happens. If I've left a meeting that I am crunchy about, and now I'm going into this uh, uh, meeting about a different topic, I think the layer is, first of all, how do I really feel about this topic? And how does that impact how I might show up? 
but also what am I dragging on from the last conversation that might flip over into this comment that might um, um, flavor what you're experiencing from me um, might have nothing to do with even this conversation. It might have something to do with the previous one or something that happened early in the morning. And remember, if you are embarrassed, you will pass that on to whoever uh, you need to talk to. And there's two ways I find uh, I can experience embarrassment. One, I'm embarrassed by what's happening. But I think the worst thing for me, and I don't know about you, Greg, is it, you're in a meeting and you're embarrassed for somebody else. They're just getting creamed or they weren't prepared and you just feel terrible about them. But the reality is embarrassment is uh, you can pass it on to somebody because if you feel embarrassed and you're awkward and all this stuff, that can uh, be projected onto the other person and they can feel exactly the same thing. Yeah, and you know what? Um, so when would we be embarrassed in a situation? You've, you've nailed a couple of them, which I think are really good. One might be that I'm not prepared to answer the question that has been raised. Um, uh, another might be that I've had a bad situation before, so I'm coming into a situation with some baggage of how I've been in the last meeting or something and so I need to let go I, I need to I might be embarrassed because of of what I'm afraid you're thinking about based upon our last experience together you know, those are two things that are bubbling up for me that uh, why I'd be embarrassed but in each of them um, you know I don't know sometimes getting it out on the table and laying it out is the better way if you bottle up embarrassment and you don't declare or 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 state. So you know, this example, if I don't have all the answers, saying, you know what, I, I don't have all the answers. Um, but let me let me be clear on what you're asking. Boom, ba boom, ba boom. Uh, uh, great. Uh, I've got. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Okay. And now I'm going to go back. So sometimes the we swallow embarrassment in the moment, and it just again ripples disconnect out to everything else versus saying, huh, you know, I, I don't have that answer. Um, I don't know. Now, but let me be really clear about what you want or what you're asking. That gives you a time to breathe and to take notes. And most people will say, fine. And sometimes embarrassment builds up within us um, and creates the awkward situations. And sometimes, hey, you know, let be authentic. Um, and even in the, the other situation, if I've had an embarrassing situation with you before, uh, uh, something didn't go right, why not nail it at the beginning and say, hey, Alistair, before we start, I know our last meeting was kind of crunchy. And so I really want this to be a little bit more effective meeting or a more effective meeting that we can actually connect and put together. But again, sometimes we hold on to that baggage, that embarrassment, that awkwardness, and we allow it to just build, and sooner or later it builds and builds and builds and it leaks or it blows. So why not try to deal with it up front? Uh, yeah. You, you bring it into the next meeting. Yeah, we do. And, and you know, again, the next meeting with you I bring it into, but also the next meeting with the next person. And guess what? When I go home, if I have a spouse or a partner or a kids or whatever, I bring that all over the place. Man, oh, man. Again, this is why I, we talk a lot about being honest with where you're at. And, um, and the part of that directness that you talk about is, is a great way you can just call it and, and action it. We've all been to those meetings and afterwards go, Greg, what was going on with John? Like, 
what was what was going on in this mm-hmm. meeting? I, like, this isn't the guy that usually shows up to the meeting. I don't know. And so, you know, to your point, everybody sees it mm-hmm. when you're experiencing it. Like, you try to bury it to swallow it. But everybody sees it. They know you. Yeah. And, you know, that's a great point because even if it um, – even if you're stirring on something, you know, we've talked about this. At the beginning of the meeting, you go in, say, hey, hey, folks um, – I'm a little distracted today. I can't really talk about it, but I've had some things that have happened that I'm a little distracted. So I'm maybe not going to be that present. And, you know, and, and so all of a sudden, I have a better understanding of what's behind that weird awkwardness that you're, uh, I'm experiencing in you. Um, I don't know what it is, but you've at least declared that you know that, that something's going on. And I then I'll probably be more generous, more gracious. Um, I may even say, hey, well, if this isn't a good time, do you want to take a, you know, a break and do something else? That, but as a leader, again, declaring, oh, man, it frees up versus just allowing that awkwardness and that crunchiness to just hang in that meeting. And what ripples out of that, not only in the meeting is the disconnect, but sometimes people then spin out and do other stuff from that meeting that goes in the wrong direction. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. And I think we've already covered the next point uh, thoroughly is be genuine is the way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Authenticity, be genuine. I agree. And make sure the environment is suitable for the topic. I don't know about you, Greg, but I have... Um, there's certain times when I'm going to have uh, certain types of conversations and I'll go off site and let's go sit in a coffee shop or if you have one of those buildings where they have places where you can just sit, depending on what the conversation is, sometimes it's better to get out from behind a desk and that power dynamic or, you know, they're in your office type of deal and maybe you just want to go somewhere else. And I've done this with, uh, you know, uh, a conversation about correction. And I've also done it just uh, like an exploratory conversation. I'll be quite frank, Greg, I like stealing people from other people. Like if I have a need and a certain skill set, I make sure I know who's around that has those skill sets. I have no qualms about stealing somebody from another manager. And uh, I've had a bunch of conversations like in rotundas of buildings where there's, you know, those places where you can sit and have a coffee and just have a conversation and kind of have an exploratory conversation to decide uh, you know, oh, this is a great person and they have these skills. Oh, that, that's something that gets filed away in the file folder in my head. And there might be a time when we need those skills. And I've already kind of done some reconnaissance to figure out who's around. I'm, uh, I'm envisioning uh, Alistair in a fedora and a uh, trench coat and, uh, hey, let's, uh, let's talk about this. And, uh, no, no, I agree. And, and I think this is a really interesting point because a conversation can become awkward if you're not thoughtful on the location where you're having it. So to your point, if it's a performance situation, or if you know it's gonna be a highly emotional situation, um, again, that's just the planful uh, upfront. What do I need to say? What's gonna happen? And what do I think the reaction might be of the person? And what does this person need? Might say, I'm going to take this to a coffee shop, or I'm gonna take this to a private room that we can have that conversation. Being thoughtful around that will, again, reduce the likelihood of awkwardness because you've chosen the wrong place to have the conversation. Yeah, that's a great point. Like sometimes going to a conference room on a floor that you and your team aren't on. Right, yeah, perfect example. And uh, provide material in advance if it's necessary and appropriate. There's nothing worse than somebody coming in and just unloading on you 
and then pushing a pile of papers across to you that you're supposed to somehow magically know what it's all about and understand everything. So if you're going to have a conversation and, you know, maybe it's about a report or a memo or stats or whatever it is, if you're going to have a deep discussion to this, it makes it really awkward if all of a sudden you want to talk about stats and I haven't seen them yet. I think this is a really good one because, you know, you're right. Uh, uh, not informing people one of what the topic is about and not providing the stuff ahead of time um, creates spin. And if people show up with a in the in the with with spin in their head, then the likelihood of creating disconnect in the conversation is much higher. Also, um, again, knowing your people, there are some folks that work with you that it is uh, innately required for them to review the facts and the data ahead of time, for them to show up the best way they can show up. So again, you talk about this all the time, the importance of relationship and knowing your people. Uh, when you don't do that, you don't allow people to show up the, in the best they can be, and you often create awkwardness and disconnect in those conversations because you haven't been thoughtful about that. So again, think about not only Who's, what do you want, but who's going to be there and what do they need to show up the best they can be. And have someone else there if you need to, as long as it, that doesn't send the wrong message. And I've had uh, situations uh, in my career where a person was a shared resource or I worked uh, with somebody in another area. And uh, I think... Um, it's really appropriate sometimes it, rather than have two disjointed conversation or one person talking for two people or, uh, you know, somebody's getting evaluated on another team that you get them 30 or 40% of the time that you somehow, I don't want somebody saying what I've said to them. I want to say it to them mm -hmm. uh, and I want people to be very clear so they understand the context, they see what I'm saying or they see what I've written. And, and so I just think it's really appropriate that someone else is there or, someone else has some influence on it if that's appropriate. Yeah, and linking to the one before, it's if that is going to happen, then declare it. Saying, hey, Alistair, uh, Mary is going to be joining me in the conversation. The intention of the conversation is this, and I really thought she could provide some rich uh, observations, feedback, and ideas that will help us move forward. Boom. It's clear. So again, I don't show up and say, well, what's Mary doing here? No, and there are situations where you just don't have a choice. So, you know, like a termination of someone, usually have to have an HR person in there. And, you know, heck, I, I was in HR for a lot of my career. And when they see you sitting there, it's not a good feeling, but it's a quick feeling. And then the HR person can provide the details that are required. Um, uh, so sometimes you can't give the heads up. But when it is a, a growth dialogue, when, if, when it is, uh, you know, not a termination – yeah, let them know and let them know why. And be confident. People could tell if you're not confident and that will make them question the whole conversation and how valid it is and whether it's going to stick. And I just find if if I walk in there and I have a conversation with somebody that isn't confident, it's like, am I wasting my time right now? Is this like, I'm going to have to go on hold until I'm, you know, assured that this is exactly what's going to happen. And, um, I have conversations with people all the time and they're not confident. It's like, just tell me what you want. I'm good. You know, if, if I'm not happy with it, then we'll have a conversation about that. But, you know, beating around the bush and not feeling confident in what you're going to say uh, can be awkward and can be a little frustrating. Like, just say it. We're good. 
Like yeah. if we have a relationship, right, we're good. And you know what? If I disagree with you, I'm going to say, listen, I disagree with you. And this is why. And we're going to have a good conversation. And if I'm wrong or you come up with a great idea, I go, listen, that's a great idea. Let's explore that. Let, let me get some people doing some of that stuff. Let's get some stuff written. That's cool. But I, I think that confidence is so important if you're going to have a conversation. Yeah, and you know, conflict, I was talking to someone today actually about this and one of their biggest challenges was dealing with conflict. And uh, so if you have a difficult conversation that you need to have, uh, maybe performance, maybe something else, uh, when you avoid it or when you're not direct with it, I mean, it's a fine balance, respectfully direct, but I may have used this in one of our other podcasts. And although ruthless sounds like a harsh thing, it's actually the best thing that you can do because it's a clean cut and it heals well. So being direct and crisp and clean on your dialogue, actually the wound would would clear well versus the other, which is not being ruthless is, you know, like the knife, little nicks here, little nicks there, little nicks there, and you're kind of going around and all of a sudden you've got a messy wound that takes a lot more time to heal. That's kind of a, a maybe not a, a, a great analogy. But for me, it always stuck that, you know what, uh, a direct dialogue that's clear and crisp and sometimes tough and then supporting the person beyond that is, is, uh, is the best way to go. But if someone kind of go, wanders around and, uh, um, and doesn't be specific um, it's a lot more painful and takes a lot longer time to recover. Well, it's interesting you said that because years ago there was a conversation and I wish that was what it was. And basically in the conversation, I had to figure out what was going on. And I wish somebody would have been, your word, ruthless, at least direct. And my thing would be just direct. And you're right, it, it, get, it gets all messed up. And so, you know, think about it. And like you and I do this podcast every week. And, you know, we put some thought into this ahead of time. We think about it, get ourselves in the right kind of mood. Uh, if we need to read over something, think about it. Like we don't write most of this out. There's an outline, but thought goes into this. And even before we turn on, on the tape, we usually take five or 10 minutes to get our thoughts together. So if you're going to have a really important conversation, get your act together, right? And, um, okay, this is what I need to say. I need to say it in a, in a clear, concise manner. So we don't mess around and everybody knows what this is about. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. And usually it's our fear that gets in the way. It, you know, yeah, we think we're concerned about how the other person will take it, but it's usually our fear of telling information because I can tell you that, um, most of us, although it will be painful, want the direct goods because the only way I'm going to be able to fix anything or the only way I'm going to address anything is I know what I need to address. And uh, so anyways, I think that's a great point, Alistair. And care about the person you're speaking to. And I think that's part of the directness. I think by being direct and succinct and having your act together and, and, and think about what the questions are going to be ahead of time, making sure that you have the information present there, that that's the best way to go. That's how you care about somebody. Yeah, well, you know, I, I said in a session I was in recently, that great quote by, I think it was Roosevelt, that said, before anyone will care to know, they got to know you care. And so that's in all of these situations.
and give some thought about any barriers that exist to deter uh, a good conversation. I think that's I think that's part of that planning, right? Like what's in the way of this? Like maybe you do have a bad relationship with this person. So, okay, that might be a barrier or there's a time constraint or whatever it is. Think about it. Maybe you can compensate. I don't know, but it's good to think about barriers before you're having a conversation because that turns it into an awkward conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it's it's just a, it gives you that a different perspective to think about it, and uh, and usually you'll unearth some good insights on how to approach it. It's a great thought. So let's go to the employees and uh, some common sense things that may uh, help. And th- this one. Uh, I've seen so many people handle this so well, and there's I've, there's so much experience I could draw on from just things that I've observed and, and things I've participated in. Come into any conversation with an open attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you've talked, in the, even in this conversation around, you know, especially if this is uh, un, inconsistent with the, uh, the behaviors of the person previously. Uh, Choose to be curious, choose to ask. And you may not be able to do it in that meeting, but you may be able to do it afterwards and say, Alistair, you know, I just, you got a couple minutes. Um, I I found that conversation, you know, a bit troubling because it seemed different than how you've approached things in the past. Um, here's what I saw. Here's what I felt based upon what I saw. And here's what it made me think. And I just wonder what's going on. Is there any way I can support you? So again, that's that openness, uh, knowing that, and, 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 and even, even people that you might not have great relationships, I've often found that we never know the whole story. You don't know what's behind why the person shows up the way they are and what they do. And there's often a story behind it. Uh, most people are good people that just, get shaped over time. So that openness, I think, is so, so important because there's usually some gift or gold in even the crappiest conversations. So try to discover that. I find sometimes uh, the people that probably aren't my biggest fans or that I don't know, I have better conversations with because they've got nothing to base it on and there's no feelings or mixed anything. You know, there's no history. You know, like just like, okay, we know where each other stands or I don't know you from anything. I found those conversations are quite often less awkward because people just, they're just clear. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and we are so full of biases. It is so tough in those conversations to maintain an openness. So uh, I, had a, I had a meeting the other day and uh, with somebody and uh, they look like someone who kind of drives me a little, you know, batty. And... Uh, I was I was amazed at the feelings that were coming up inside me, even before I had the conversation. I I've never met this person before, but they had some mannerisms similar. So the way our brain works is we see a mannerism and we think, oh, because they do that, they are like this other comparator that we have in our head of someone else that is again a bias and that type of thing. So. Yeah, it's crunchy, but I just thought that was really interesting. Fortunately, I caught myself and I thought, hmm, wow, that's weird. And I allowed myself to really hold that openness. And then the next point, I allowed myself to really listen closely. Well, I think you've kind of touched on the next two, and I think they go together really well. Mm. Listen closely and keep a lookout for your emotions. We all have triggers and we're not always 
Like all of a sudden you go, why am I upset? Like I don't even know this person. Why? I don't know. They sound like somebody or they look like somebody or their posture or they have a job that somebody else had. I think, you know, you've kind of grabbed a bunch of stuff here and mm. I think it really works. Like you do need to listen. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes that means putting your emotions aside. Like they might be saying some good stuff. Mm-hmm. They might be saying something you need to hear. Mm-hmm. They might have the missing piece, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, which is the next question, which the next point is really ask good questions. And I would say ask good questions of them, but also ask good questions of yourself. So that that point that you just made, it's like, hmm, what am I supposed to learn? What can I take away from this conversation? And it might be something you don't want to do in the future. It might be something you want to do, but there's usually, there's always something you could learn in every situation. And if you're bringing uh, forward a conversation with your boss, be clear about the subject and that the conversation is necessary. And I'm not saying that we don't have those conversations, kind of water cooler things where we're just kind of, you know, shooting around a topic and having a conversation or having one of those big reach type of conversations. But if I'm coming to you, Greg, and there's something on my mind, uh, I should be confident about it and clear what we're going to be talking about and that this conversation is important. Well, and you know, what I love about these comments from a employee perspective is that um, some of our listeners are going to say, well, aren't those the same things you said that the management, well, they are, they are, you know, uh, bring your cut, be clear, like we talked about before and uh, about the subject and the conversation is necessary. You know, again, uh, you know, is it in the right space? Thinking about where you're having this conversation, you know, these are all we're, we're all humans and um, we each have an opportunity in every conversation to make it better, make it less awkward, um, make it more meaningful. And don't be embarrassed. I don't know how many times in all my careers and all the places I've worked where I've come in and they say, well, we had a meeting about that. And it's like, oh, I wasn't there. I didn't know about it. And there, there's just times when you come in, you, maybe you don't have the full picture. Don't be embarrassed because I think – that's really important. Your boss knows that they've been talking about something, but they didn't bring you into the conversation. It's kind of your area, your thing. And, you know, if you're going in there and you're going to have a conversation and you know you don't have the full picture, don't be embarrassed by that. I think it's something that your boss should know that, you know, they're having conversations or they're doing things. Just because they do it, you might not know everything. So um, I think that embarrassment thing, especially on the employee side, um, is something that as a as a manager, as a leader, we need to help people with and, and make them feel comfortable to come in, even to say like, I don't know, or I don't know what's going on. I don't know where we're at or whatever it is. I think it's really important in, in that relationship between, you know, managers and, and the, the employees that, that that embarrassment part is as much on the leader as it is on the person coming in. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm, again, we talked about this in the manager part of this t- dialogue that embarrassment buried uh, is never good. Um, find a way to share. Because often when you do share whatever you think is embarrassing, it's often less embarrassing than you think. Or it's a mistake that the sooner you share it, the better. And make sure, like the manager, uh, if you need supplied material in advance with some contacts, there's nothing worse than an employee coming in and expecting a whole bunch of stuff out of this conversation 
and you don't have any of the background material. You don't understand the issue. You don't understand the choices. You don't understand the upside, the downside. So if we're going to go in and talk to our boss about something really important and there's a weight on it and we've put a weight on it, if there's some reading material and stuff and some context, it's important to give it ahead of time. And to your point earlier, we all have uh, a certain personality. So some people might want it like half an hour before. Some people might want to sit on it for a week and go through all the fine print, know your boss. But if you're, especially if you're expecting a lot out of this conversation, it's going to be pretty awkward when you want to get into a detailed conversation and they don't know to the extent uh, about the issue that you do. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And I would reinforce the fact, know the person you're talking to. Because if they're a person who is a fact finder that really needs information, then the more time, the better for them to take it. And that sends the message that I respect you. I know you and I respect you. And I want you fully present when we come together. You know, for me, I like a little bit of detail, um, uh, although not too much. So I prefer like an executive summary with a little bit of detail and the stuff on the side so that I can dive deeper at my own pleasure, but really give me that, that executive uh, summary. I know other people that they just want you to say, here are the three big things that I'm going to talk about, why they're important and what they'll do. So really, really high level. Um, and then they want to flow in the moment because they don't need it. So know your person you're talking to. And I'm probably both those persons at different times. That's where I'm at. I don't want, you know, 3,700 pages of something. No, I like the executive summary or the top three or top four things and why. Uh, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, or if it's an, and again, it's that knowing and thinking up front. If you think, does this person know anything about this? And they're, they're, And if the answer is no, how much do they need to know that will, again, help them fully show up and be as effective as possible in this conversation? That's the questions you need to ask. And, and there are times when if it's a, a subject that I don't have a clue about that I will want more information to your point. But if the person has been thoughtful about that and bring that again, I'm going to be impressed. Well, the next one is care about the other person and be thoughtful. It's like it was written down, Greg. Wow, look at that. <laughs> but no, I agree with you. Like, um, nobody wants somebody walking in there demanding and, and just, you know, going off the handle. That turns it really awkward. Then it turns into something else. But being thoughtful and thinking about the person you're going to be dealing with, what level of information do they need? How do I need to give it to them? And, and maybe even give them some hint on how, which way you're leaning with this, thing, which way you want to go with something. And I've, I've received, you know, you know, a small report and, you know, a phone call. Somebody's left me a voicemail. I left that on your desk. This is what I'm thinking. I just wanted to put it in your mind mm-hmm. before our meeting for tomorrow. And that way you can, you know, listen to what I'm saying, but also see what I've written out and supplied you. And we can have a really good conversation tomorrow. That's wonderful. You know, as we're sitting talking here, I'm just, it just kind of hit me. How much better of a world would it be? if we just cared about the person and were more thoughtful in every conversation that we're involved in. But we get scattered. We get busy. We don't put the effort into it up front. And it doesn't mean you have to spend a half an hour before each meeting that. But I'm thinking not just at work. I'm thinking my relationships at home. I know when I'm distracted. And you know when you leave those conversations when someone, you know they've been thoughtful and that they're present? Those are always the most beautiful moments 
That's when you like to be a manager. That's when you like to be a manager. That's when you like to be a parent or a spouse or whatever. I mean, it is so, like, it's magical, really. And the only thing is be uh, go in with care and be thoughtful around why you're coming together. It's so much better. And yet, like, honestly, I bet 80% of our conversations, we don't do this. Well, it's true. And, and being somebody that uh, has worked in partnership in small teams all his careers, you have to be like that for it to, to be a, a good relationship to get things done. So where you're stuck in a police car together for 12 hours or you're on an investigation for six months or whatever you're doing, um, it, it's just so important. And and like the manager, have someone else there if it's necessary or appropriate. Having worked in a collective bargaining situation, there's times when uh, – you know, somebody's brought in somebody with them to talk to me because we're talking about a discipline issue or something like that. And I'm cool with that. I mean, that's that's the way it is. Everybody knows that's appropriate. And uh, quite often uh, when I was in professional standards, I'd hear from the lawyer or the representative ahead of time say, hey, listen, uh, I understand you're talking to Greg uh, at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. I'm going to be there as well. Um, can I see the form without mm-hmm. giving away what the form is? Yeah, sure. I'll email it to you. And we'll have a good conversation. And and you know what? Often, if you don't let that happen, then it's a different conversation. You're going to have a second conversation. So if it's appropriate to bring somebody, whether it's a union rep or an HR person or a support person, depending on what, maybe it's a very personal issue and they need a support person with them. Well, if it's appropriate, then let's get them in here. And, and so you feel comfortable. I feel more comfortable for you. And we don't have this awkward, embarrassing conversation. I'm like, oh, let's plan it out ahead of time. It's all good. Yeah, and and similar to the conversation we had with the manager is where you can share that up front. You know, again, who you're bringing, why you're bringing it, and what you're hoping for. Beautiful. And like the manager, be mindful of any barriers. And uh, I've had people, they want to talk about their careers and they have a choice. They said, Alistair, can I take you for a coffee? Well, I know it's not going to be like them talking about some memo or some project that they're doing for me. It's about something else. And okay, that's good. I'm mm-hmm. going to get a coffee of it. We're going to, we're going to go talk. And, and sometimes, you know, having that conversation in my office across my desk may not be the most comfortable for everybody. So yeah, we're going to go have a coffee. Okay. I'm good. I'm good with that. Yeah. I love that because, you know, the, the, the desk can be a physical barrier, but there are all kinds of other barriers that we talked about even earlier in the other, the past style, in the last discussion around the managers, you know, it might be a, an emotional barrier. It might be a, um, a physical barrier. It could be a number of different things. So just think about what are the things that could get in the way of the success of this conversation and how do I be thoughtful around mitigating those gaps? Wrap up. Yeah. So... Awkward conversations are going to happen. The key is how do we minimize those awkward uh, conversations and how do we support each other when we're, when we find ourselves in those awkward conversations. And it all comes down to caring and planning. Uh, And actually I would say caring, planning, and being authentic. Those three are, are, powerful ways in which you can reduce awkwardness in conversations and shift the awkwardness to meaningful and impactful conversations by being thoughtful, by caring for the people that you are meeting with 
and being authentic. If you're spinning, if you don't have the information, just be straight and honest and of where you're at. I mean, I know there's confidentiality that sometimes adds into certain things, but it will reduce most of these. And none of us wants to be in an awkward conversation, whether we're the deliverer of a message, whether we're the receiver of the message, or we're the, or we're the observer that's in it. Man, it's, it's painful, and it creates big ripples and spins. So be thoughtful. I agree with everything you've said, and I really like planning for things and having these conversations. I find most of the awkward conversations I've caused was because it's like, okay, there's a lot of crap going on here. I'm just going to get to the point and rather than hold off a little bit, get my thoughts in order, my emotions in order, um, then go and have a, a more planful conversation. But I think uh, also owning it, knowing, you know, if you find yourself in an awkward conversation, just going, <laughs> this is awkward. And just that self-realization and acceptance that you're having a an awkward conversation. And maybe if you know the person well enough or it's just appropriate to say, listen, we're having a really awkward conversation here. Let's stop for a second. What do we hear about? Mm-hmm. What do you want? Okay. This is what I think. And and just name it and just say, listen, this is really, really awkward. Mm-hmm. And that and that sometimes turns into, you know, okay, we have a little of a laugh. Yeah, I, I feel awkward too. Okay. Let's this should agree that we both feel awkward. Now what do we hear about? Mm-hmm. And just reframe it, restart it. And I, I think that's the mature thing to do. I think it's the caring thing to do. And just, okay, we're good. We're good. I've had to say sometimes to people, because like you and I aren't 23 anymore. And I've had to say a couple of times, what do you want? What do you need? Just say it. Mm-hmm. We're good. Mm-hmm. And we're either going to agree or disagree or hopefully, you know, I listen to you, you listen to me. And I think just naming it, owning it. If you get into that situation, if you haven't been able to plan it away and it surprises you, which it often does, then just name it. Just say, accept it. Okay. And, and, you know, especially if you're a leader, if you're the one who said, you know, I'm just feeling very awkward. This feels very crunchy. Um, and and I think it might be a great uh, suggestion. I'd like to suggest we maybe let's take a couple of breaths and let, let's reconnect to why we're here and what we're going to do. I'm not sure. Do you feel that as well? By even saying that connection, connection, vulnerability, it it creates the space because so, sometimes it's just a disconnect between us of of our uh, sending and receiving that's not working, and so sometimes you just got to call that and kind of retune the connection, uh, and then all of a sudden it it it's like weird. It it's like oh okay yeah, but it it, it adds that yeah hundred percent. I need a redo on a couple conversations for my past, Greg. Yeah, me too. Me too. Where's that rerun button? That's it. All right. Um, listen, we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope we didn't say anything that you found offensive or made you really angry. But Greg, um, your philosophy. Yeah, well, um, uh, early on in my coaching career and I, I try to create the space for this. Actually, I was talking to a new coachee today and, and she said that she was hoping for what we're describing the here. And that is that in each conversation, there's a little bit of joy and a little bit of churn. And the churn is uh, to being uh, real, to being direct, to maybe uh, expressing things that uh, I won't be comfortable with, but that I know I've got to learn in. So the crunchiness is often stuff that kind of gets me say, oh shoot, this is something I want to do and I should be doing. Uh, the joy is something that, you know, I am making traction going forward, but both are so rich 
And so we always say in our conversations that we hope that you get a little, little bit of joy and a little bit of churn. And no matter what you receive, that you take it, you learn from it, you grow from it, and you strengthen from it. I got that today, Greg. <laughs> Me too. A little bit of a call out? Sure. Fairfield, New Jersey. Mm. And Troy, New York. Fairfield, New Jersey, and Troy, New York. I know a bunch of people from New Jersey I used to work with. I was just, uh, uh, I worked at uh, Campbell Soup uh, and spent many a day in Camden, New Jersey, and around that. I'm not sure where that is, but, uh, um, and uh, New York as well. Well, that's fantastic. Welcome, New Jersey and New York. And I'm going to have to call them out because we, we start getting hit a lot in the Coburg, Ontario area. So Coburg is uh, east of Toronto. Hmm. About an hour, I think, less than mm -hmm. an hour. So uh, I got a whole sheet of names because I was playing around with the stats and uh, cutting the analytics a little bit to try to get into the cities more. Yeah. Because we're limited at 50 and Greg, we have way more than 50 cities listening to us. So uh, I was playing around a little bit. So I have a whole bunch of other names. I'm going to throw out another one. Richardson, Texas. Richardson, Texas. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know what? I was just reading something where Richardson, Texas came up. Uh, I don't know what that was from, so I'm wondering who's there. Well, welcome everybody to the podcast. We hope that uh, you know some of our dialogue, our ideas, our suggestions, our challenges are are helping you. So, but it's so exciting to hear people uh, reaching out, and listening from really across North America and across the world. And just to remind everybody, we're not experts. We're talking from our experience, and and. This is what we're dealing with too. I mean, when we have one of these these conversations, we challenge each other, we challenge ourselves in these conversations, and that's what this podcast is all about. We're not experts telling you what to do. We're just, you know, sharing our experience. And you know, I'm going to ask the question that I've, I've asked a few times throughout this series: is who are you talking to? Who do you get to bounce things off as a manager or as an employee that has to deal with a manager? Uh, so, you know, think about that. Who do you talk to? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so remember, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.